Chapter 3 Can Jesus be true for you, but not for me? On February 23, 2019, a Nigerian Christian named Aluwe Ilasamne stood outside a train station in London, preaching to people as they walked by. Two British police officers came up to him and gave him a choice. Go away, or be arrested. I will not go away, Mr. Alasamni replied. I need to tell them the truth, because Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. Nobody wants to listen to that, said one of the officers. They want you to go away. You don't want to listen to that, Mr. Alasamni replied. You will listen when you're dead. You will listen when you're dead. So he was arrested. In Western countries like Britain and America, most people think it's okay to say you're a Christian so long as you leave other people alone. I can say that Jesus is true for me. But if, like Mr. Ilasamne, I say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life for everyone, everywhere, regardless of their culture, race, or current religious beliefs, that's seen as offensive. So what are we to make of this? Can Jesus be true for me, but not for you? The Elephant in the Room A few months ago, I saw a car bumper sticker that read, My God is too big for any one religion. When people put stickers like that on their cars, their message is that it's okay to believe in God, but that it's arrogant and ignorant to say that one religion is true and that others are not. Sometimes, people tell a story about an elephant to explain this view. In the story, an elephant walked into a village where everyone was blind. The villagers were fascinated by the strange creature, one villager touched the elephant's leg and said the elephant was like a tree. Another touched its ear and said the elephant was like a fan. A third touched its trunk and said the elephant was like a snake, and so on. And soon arguments began to break out. All the villagers had felt different parts of the elephant and discovered a piece of the truth about this amazing animal. But because they were blind, they couldn't see the whole elephant. So they didn't see how all these different truths could fit together. In the same way, people claim that different religions hold pieces of the truth about God, but no one religion holds it all. For this reason, people say we shouldn't argue about which religion is right. We should just learn from each religion, because between all of us, we might just get the whole truth about God. But there are several problems with the elephant story, and with the argument it represents. First, the villagers are blind, but the person telling the story can see. It might sound respectful to Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, and Jews to say that if they saw the big picture, they'd all realize they each held a piece of the truth, but it's actually not respectful at all. If you say this, what you're really saying is that Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, and Jews are all blind, and you alone can see. Second, the elephant story has no place or explanation for people who change their religious beliefs, like my friend Praveen Sethapathy, who grew up Hindu, but started following Jesus when he was a student at Cornell University, where he is now a professor. Or my friend Mark Shepard, who was raised Jewish, became an atheist as a teenager, and then started following Jesus when he was a student at Harvard University, where he is now a professor. Both Praveen and Mark would now say that the religions they were raised with were wrong on some extremely important points, and that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. This doesn't mean that Christians believe all other religions are wrong on every point. Because Christianity springs out of Judaism and Jews and Christians share the Old Testament scriptures, Mark is able to agree with many of the Jewish beliefs he was raised with, while also believing that Jesus is the only way to God. Hinduism has far less in common with Christianity, so Praveen would now say that many Hindu beliefs about God are wrong. 
But this doesn't mean Praveen has stopped loving the Indian culture with which he was raised. He loves the culture he comes from and wants to pass as much of that cultural heritage onto his kids as possible. As we saw in chapter 2, people from all different cultures can be followers of Jesus. Christians can eat different food, wear different clothes, speak different languages, and enjoy different music depending on their cultural background. But like Praveen, Mark, and Alue Alasamni, Christians from all different cultures believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can come to God except through him. The third problem with the idea that all religions are equally true is that different religions contradict each other, not just in small ways that don't matter too much, but in really big ways. Here's one important example. At the center of the Christian faith is the claim that Jesus Christ died on a cross and was physically raised from the dead three days later. If this is not true, then Christianity is not true. As Paul puts it, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. In other words, without the resurrection, Christianity is useless. But if we look at the two other major religions that have most in common with Christianity, Judaism and Islam, we find that Jews and Muslims disagree with the central claim of Christianity. Jews believe that Jesus died and stayed dead. Muslims believe that Jesus didn't die, but just appeared to die, and that he was taken up to heaven. Christians believe that Jesus died and rose to life again. As a Christian, I believe that Jesus was physically raised from the dead. I think there is good evidence to support that belief, though we can't prove it beyond reasonable doubt. But there is one thing we can all know for sure. Jesus was either physically raised from the dead, or he wasn't. If we took a video camera back 2,000 years and set it up outside his tomb, we'd either see him coming out or not. What we can't say is that Christians, Muslims, and Jews are all right about Jesus. He is either the resurrected king of the universe, who defeated sin and death, or he is not. Jesus' claims about himself are outrageous, but they sounded just as outrageous in the first century as they do now. The puzzle piece that doesn't fit. At the time when Jesus walked the earth, there were even more religions than there are today. In the world today, three out of four people say they belong to one of four religions. Christianity, 31%, Islam, 24%, Hinduism, 15%, or Buddhism, 7%. But at the time when Jesus was born, people believed in all sorts of gods and goddesses. Very few people were monotheists, people who believed that there is only one god. Most people were polytheists, people who believe there are lots of gods. If you've read the Percy Jackson series, you'll know about some of the gods and goddesses the Greeks and Romans believed in. So, if Jesus' followers had said he was another god, they'd have fit right in. Jesus would have just been one more piece in a great big god and goddess puzzle. But his disciples didn't say that, because they couldn't. Jesus didn't claim to be a god. He claimed to be the one true god in the flesh. He was like the puzzle piece that just won't fit, no matter how hard you try to bend the edges. Most people today don't believe there are many gods, but lots of people in our society believe that there are many god that there are many ways to God and that God can mean different things to different people. They say Jesus can be true for me, but not for you. Some people even say that Jesus didn't claim to be God, but that he was just a good teacher like other religious leaders. But Jesus shocked the people of his day because he was claiming to be God. The Jewish people of Jesus' day knew that only God could forgive sins, but Jesus claimed he could forgive sins. Some Jews at the time believed that God would raise his faithful followers from the dead at the end of time, 
But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jewish people believed that God had authority over heaven and earth, but Jesus claimed that all authority in heaven and on earth had been given to him. Therefore, from his own words, Jesus cannot be just a good teacher or one option among many gods or ways because he claims that he is the way and the truth and the life, and that if we have seen him, we have seen God. This is what Mr. Elisomni was telling the London commuters. But why did he need to tell them? Why couldn't he just mind his own business like the officers wanted? The ship is going down. The famous film Titanic adds a fictional love story about two young people, Jack and Rose, to a true story about a massive boat called the Titanic. Everyone believed the boat was so big and strong and modern that it couldn't sink. In 1912, thousands of people boarded the Titanic in England to sail to America. But in the middle of the ocean, it ran into an iceberg and sank. In the film, Rose is staying in the expensive first-class part of the boat, and Jack is staying in the cheap third-class part, but they manage to meet and fall in love. While they are out on deck together, they see the iceberg just as the ship crashes into it. A little later, Rose has a conversation with the man who built the ship. Rose. Mr. Andrews, I saw the iceberg, and I see it in your eyes. Please, tell me the truth. Thomas Andrews. The ship will sink. Rose. Are you certain? Thomas Andrews. Yes. In an hour or so, all of this will be at the bottom of the Atlantic. At this point in the film, most people on the ship don't know the ship is going down. They are just carrying on enjoying themselves. The orchestra is playing, food and drinks are being served, but Rose knows. She also knows from Mr. Andrews that there aren't enough lifeboats for everyone on the ship to be saved. He says to her, Please tell only who you must. I don't want to be responsible for a panic. And get to a boat quickly. Don't wait. You remember what I told you about the boats. When I was a teenager, I heard a man named Rico Tice explain that if the message of Jesus is true, it's like we're all sailing on the Titanic. Jesus warns us that without his offer of salvation, everyone is facing God's judgment as surely as the people on that ship were facing drowning if they didn't get to a lifeboat. The people on the ship are like the London commuters who ignored Mr. Elisomni. They're just going about their daily lives and don't think they have a problem. Christians are in a similar situation to Rose at this point in the film. She knows everyone is in deadly danger. If she tells people, they'll have a chance to get to a lifeboat. But Jesus isn't like Mr. Andrews. Jesus doesn't say, tell only who you must. He says, tell everyone. He doesn't say, there aren't enough lifeboats to save all these people. He says, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Jesus is the lifeboat. He's got room for anyone who jumps. It's not offensive and unloving for Christians to tell people that the ship is going down and to plead with them to run to Jesus. It's offensive and unloving not to. We should respect people and try to persuade them. If you're a follower of Jesus, what does this mean? Should we stand in the streets like Mr. Elisomni and tell people that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Should we walk around the corridors at school and tell everyone we meet that they must run to the lifeboat of Jesus because the ship is going down? What guidance does the Bible give us? Jesus told his followers to go and make disciples of all nations. Just as fish need to swim, Christians need to share their faith. 
Sometimes this means standing in the street like Mr. Lasomni, but often people will be more willing to listen to us about Jesus if they know and trust us. Imagine if Rose had wanted everyone on the Titanic to believe the ship was sinking. She could have run around the ship shouting, lots of people would have heard the message, but they might just have thought she was crazy and ignored her. If she wanted strangers to believe her, she might have been a bit better off introducing herself, getting to know them a bit, talking to them calmly, and explaining what she'd seen and been told by Mr. Andrews. Then, she could tell them to tell their family and friends. In a similar way, it is often better for Christians to get to know other people, listen to their stories, find out what they believe and why, and love them as neighbors, while also telling them about Jesus. People tend to listen most to someone they trust. The Bible also gives us guidance about how we should talk to people who aren't yet followers of Jesus. Peter was one of Jesus' most enthusiastic disciples. He said that Christians should always be ready to give a reason for their faith in Jesus, but that they should do this with gentleness and respect. Paul, who hated Christians and went around arresting them before he met Jesus, said we should try to persuade others to put their trust in Jesus, but that we should do this only driven by Jesus' love. If we're followers of Jesus, we must not give people the idea that we're saying we are better than they are. Paul said Jesus came to save sinners, and Paul called himself the worst. Being a Christian means admitting you're a helpless sinner, not thinking you're better than other people. But if the ship is going down, it's not arrogant to tell people the truth and point them to the lifeboat. It's deeply unloving not to. According to British law, Mr. Elisomni should not have been arrested, and he was released soon afterward. But in many other countries today, people are being arrested and even executed for saying that Jesus is the only way. They're risking their lives so that others have a chance to believe in Jesus and find eternal life in him. I sometimes find it hard to talk about my faith in Jesus because I think people will be offended or say that I'm arrogant or ignorant or not want to be friends with me anymore. But if I really love my friends, I need to tell them the truth. And Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. Chapter 3 Summary Saying all religions are equal paths to God sounds respectful, but it actually isn't, because it doesn't take the truth claims of any religion seriously. The major world religions disagree on really important questions, for example, whether Jesus rose from the dead or not. Either Jesus was raised or he was not. This is a question of history, not just perspective or opinion. All religions can't be right. Jesus didn't just claim he was a God, he claimed he was the one and only God in the flesh, with power over heaven and earth and the right to forgive sins. If Jesus is the only way to God, and if he has given Christians the job of telling others about him, then it's disrespectful and unloving toward others not to pass on the message. When Christians share the message of Jesus with others, they must do so with gentleness and respect and be motivated by love. Being a Christian doesn't mean thinking you're a good person. It means believing you're a helpless sinner and your only hope is Jesus. <laughs>